Hey, Skylar, do you want to talk about Arsenal and how good they I are? Do. I, I do, but you know, what, you know what I just realized? What? We have a show called Meet the Soccers that I'm guessing is tilting towards an American audience, and we are broadcasting at buttfuck o'clock, 7 a.m. So we're going wow. live just in time that's for your, American that's audience. That's West Coast bias there, amigo. It's 10 a.m. That's a perfect podcast listening time. Everybody just quit their job and watch live. So wait, so we've eliminated half of the nation uh, as our target audience. <laughs> <laughs> the good half. Uh, <laughs> all right, easy there. Um, but you, uh, you, you, you. I don't know. Maybe you should talk. I just woke up several minutes ago, so maybe you should start, <laughs> and I'll and I'll come into. I'll grow into the show. Welcome to the day. Um, yeah, it's it's at a weird. Like, even this international break, which theoretically I've been looking forward to for like four years, feels strange to not have Arsenal to constantly think about and have like a new update on. And just like, I miss having Arsenal to think about instead of staring into the abyss. Um, it's it's a strange one. Have you felt have you felt the same way at all with your team that's not Arsenal? Yeah, in a way, it just you just made me think of a, a weird metaphor. It's like that scene in Braveheart where the local lord gets to come and fuck your wife on the night of your wedding. Like, that's Qatar having the World Cup in the middle of November and December. It's like, oh, we're just going to put this right here on top of your Premier League season. Is that okay? We're just going to push that out of the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's a good metaphor, and I think we should continue pushing it forward in the sense that, like, <laughs> For you, it's imagine you were having sex and it was an orgy. I can't. And you, <laughs> and imagine you were coming in fourth or fifth place or whatever it is that United are in <laughs> now. So it was, it was going okay for you, but it wasn't going great. Wait, so is, then maybe is a the, break. Wait, is the goal of this orgy to literally finish first or second or <laughs> finish top every, four? I think that's the goal of every orgy. So you can leave, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, and time. Um, (laughs) No, so in this exquisite metaphor that you've uh, constructed for, so I guess the question that I'm trying to ask you, I'm going to drop a metaphor, is like, is it a good time for a break for either club? Because I'm not sure with Arsenal. Because on on paper, it seems like a bad time for us to take a break because we've been in great form. And like, why wouldn't we want to sort of continue to strike while the iron's hot instead of having the World Cup dropped into the middle of the season? But I actually kind of feel like, if anything, maybe we've been like lagging a bit or I don't know. Like our, our form in the last month, even though we've managed to still get mostly wins, has not been quite as dominant as it was in the first couple months. And so maybe it's a good time for us to regroup, to let a few key players like a Smith Rowe or a Zinchenko get sort of all the way healthy. A lot of them are they're supposed to be sort of joining us again in January. And so maybe sort of in spite of how it looks on the surface, maybe it's actually a good time for Arsenal to have this World Cup break. Um 
But I don't know. I mean, if if you wanted Arsenal to win the league, which you probably which don't, I don't, which I don't. <laughs> but if you did, would you want this World Cup right now, or would you want to just continue to play as many games as possible while we're hot? I, can I make the counter argument for why it could be bad for both of us? Mm. Because what what it would it would it be a meet the soccer's pod without me worrying about something <laughs> that hasn't happened yet? Counterpoint: Everything's bad. <laughs> it, yes. Be, all right. Let me let me tell you why. Um, I think when we come back from this World Cup break, the the Premier League launches almost immediately. We we have an FA Cup game first. I'm not sure if that's an FA Cup week for everybody. We have to play Burnley like four days after the World Cup final. Don't worry, most of our players will have been knocked out earlier. Um, but it, it imagine it to be like the season that Leicester City won, where there was just total chaos everywhere. Like all of the good teams had problems and holes in them, and it allowed some like very unusual results to happen. In this case, let's say that most national teams will have a couple of injuries and or players that run themselves into the ground, they come back, they're exhausted. The teams that are lower in the Premier League table, not get, they're, they're all going to have a player or two, but a bunch of those lower teams are going to retain all of their players. They're going to have a training camp over the break. They're going to come back not completely exhausted. I think you're going to have some upsets in the first few weeks post World Cup, and I think that could affect both of our teams because we, if both of our teams are a few key injuries away from playing very differently. Yeah, I think I think we're both in that exact category of like, man, with our top 11, 12, 13 players, we're pretty good, but once you start diving a bit lower than that, it's tough. Um, I mean, you bring up a really good point of like the literal effect that this will have on your team in terms of which players are you sending to the World Cup? Do you have a lot of them or do you have a little of them? And then, you know, are we sending key players who are going to go and play a lot of minutes and risk injury and get tired and all that? Or are you sending guys that are going to go and sit on the bench? Or are you sending guys who are like Matt Turner to Arsenal where it's like he's not a key player for Arsenal and he's on a team that, let's be honest, is probably not going to the finals. Um, you know what I mean? So I actually weirdly think Arsenal are in a decent position there because we have a we have a bunch of players who are going, but most of them are not key players on their international teams or they play on teams that are likely to go out early. Whereas, you, you know, you compare that to like, you know, a team like Man City where everyone on Man City is like the guy for, you know, everyone is their De Bruyne or for their country. And they're also playing for countries that might go deep. And I kind of wonder, you know, I, I think they might be significantly weakened coming off the World Cup. Wait, who who from your club that's a main player is not going to the World Cup? I like I'm trying to bolt around the field like is Saka no, no, I mean, going? Is Saka's going? going? Saka is probably the guy who stands the best chance of going deep in the tournament and playing a lot of minutes. Jesus, Jesus is going, but he's not a key player for Brazil. Although okay. who knows with them leaving Firmino out, like maybe he ends up being the striker. Like, I mean, uh, usually they play Richarlison over him, which is kind of insane. They're kind of, they're kind of in the same tier on it. Uh, from an outsider's perspective, you probably think very differently considering oh, who man. they both play for, but but like I kind of think they're in the same tier of capable of something great but inconsistent in output. 
I think I mentioned this on the pod before, but apparently Richarlison has been in God mode for the last year for Brazil. But if you look at him in the Premier League, he was also in God mode for Everton last season. I thought he was great last year, but he has, I think he has zero Premier League goals at this point in the season, which is not great when you play forward. Um, I think he's got like two assists. So it's like he really just, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a part of playing for the team that he plays for who have not been amazing this year, but he really hasn't looked good to me at all. So whereas like Jesus has also, he's had like ups and downs, but mostly ups. Like he's had that weird season where the constant talking point with him is like, how good can you be without scoring as a number nine, you know, and he's sort of as good as that can be. That that feels like a very Arsenal conversation to have, though, as a way to rationalize someone not scoring in eight in eight games. Is well, he might he might be the best player to have an eight game scoring drought. It's like the best zero goals ever in the history of the Premier League. I will concede the point that that sounds very Arsenal-y, but at the same time, I think like maybe I'm just drinking the Kool Aid too much. But it's like when you watch him play, he's a player who passes the the eyeball test so phenomenally well that like it's just hard to say that he's having bad games and he and throughout that he's assisting or setting up plays i mean pressing well, so well it's like he results he's, matter and you're getting results so that's kind of the end of the argument uh, but when if you want well, to when you say results him, do you mean game results or do you mean goal? game results if you're winning right. it's it, like if if you're winning it's hard to criticize even the weak link on the chain i'm not saying it's him but like yeah I'm just I'm just saying that because it's fun to you know sure. pick on you. <laughs> and, um, and and to your earlier question of do I want Arsenal to win the league? I feel like that's a question that the answer could evolve over the course of the season because if it comes down to like I don't know City winning three titles in a row or Liverpool reviving their chances for whatever reason, I don't think that'll happen, but it could. Uh, yeah. Or Arsenal winning, I have those are all different painful situations for me arsenal winning would only be painful because of how many arsenal supporting friends i have and how i wouldn't be able to go to work or see any of them for at least another year after that because <laughs> bragging Just and the boasting off period it'd be like you know i at, at work ben who's been on our podcast before ben Majoy, he would probably just message me with like no attempt at a segue to just be like Hey, so remember when Arsenal won the league? Like that would be a, a daily yeah, message. Yeah. Hey, you're gonna be at that meeting in ten minutes, and Arsenal won the league last year. You realize? Yes, that? <laughs> yes. If any, he might quote you. He might do a direct lift from this podcast. But that's my concern. Um, to be fair, that's a pretty good bit of like the segue. Is there isn't a segue? I'm gonna probably gonna do that to you as well. Now you've no, 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 no. You've no, manifested no. your worst fears. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, so we're starting strong on this podcast. But what, what about in the, you? I in mean, the meantime. No, oh, you, you asked me You asked me that question, and then I kind of prevented you from sharing your view. So, like, what, what do you think is going to happen coming I, out of the World Cup? So I think that we're going to ultimately be in a better place. Like, last time we did one of these um, sort of team camps in Dubai, which is what the rest of the team who are not going um, to the World Cup are doing, we came out of that in great form. I think, like, for me, you know, anytime you have a chance to give Arteta more moments with the team, like, let's do that because he seems to be good at coaching. Um, and then in 
I think the the drawbacks of the World Cup. So I'm looking. Arsenal have nine players going. Jesus Martinelli, like I said, I think both of them play limited minutes. Although it's a team that you know could very well win it all. Um, Tomiyasu is playing for Japan. He'll probably play quite a bit, although he's been injured. So that's one where it probably the World Cup is hurting us. Xhaka is playing for Switzerland. He's a player that's getting older, and we are way different without him. So let's hope he stays healthy. But Switzerland again, like. They, they strike me as a round of 16 kind of team. Um, Saliba for France. I think he will not be the main guy at all. Turner for the Wait, USA. Will, will, like, he be, will he be playing though? Like I know uh, France had some question. injuries in midfield, but, but center back, aren't they pretty deep? Cannot say up a I get the feeling he's going to be, you know, on the bench as a sub, but it's another one where who knows because you know France for my money is pretty likely to be in the final as well so you know maybe over the course of the tournament he does get enough minutes but i don't he, this is not a guy that i see being worn down by the world cup machine playing 90 minutes every 3 days you know um, but there's another there's another concern it's not just whether they're getting too many minutes or not it's also that's a month separated from your coach and the from the plan team. that's being drilled into you the yeah those players going to you said dubai for you but uh I think ours are maybe going to Spain in that time mm. to play Betis and uh, I don't remember who the second one is, but like those are players who are maybe picking up the game plan that's being put down by our respective managers, but without those other key cogs on that yeah. training pitch. Like yeah. I, I, that feels like, I don't know, having a wedding dress rehearsal, but not inviting the groom's family or, or important people. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there are people yeah. who will be coming back being like, so where are we at now? What's going on? Yeah. I'm sure the ring barrel will just get it. They never screw up. Yeah. The ring bear is normally what? Like a five-year-old? It's usually a five-year-old kid who fumbles a diamond. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, speaking overall. Of, I was going to say, speaking of Ronaldo, a five-year-old kid who's fumbled a diamond. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Do, do you want to switch? Can we switch it to our next topic? We can switch to the next stop. You don't want? Do you want to talk about? Um, I have them just because they're pulled up. Do you, do you want to talk about United's fourteen G's players that are going to the World Cup and uh, how that will affect them? Uh, no, because every one of them is a small anxiety panic spiral that I could have right now. Like Martinez is probably. I think he's going to start all the matches for Argentina and solid chance. I just, I just want my butcher to return. Okay, I just want him to not be exhausted. Erickson, last time I watched an international tournament, he died. Uh, so worried about him. <laughs> um, Br- Br- the Bruno Ronaldo thing is kind of weird right now for the topic we're about to get into. Like, uh, there was a clip of Ronaldo greeting Bruno at the Portugal camp, and it I, we don't really know what they said. It just looked kind of weird because he had just come out with that interview and he was just like, <laughs> like nothing had happened. Like, oh, hey, nice to see you, buddy. And he's oh, just uh, like, amigo, that's not how you speak Portuguese. You, yeah, it, it's like you took a shit in my bed. You amber herded my football club. <laughs> so yeah. let's let's talk about it. Ronaldo mad. Uh, Jeff, what do you know about this? What have you read? Because I could go on and on about it. So I'd like to hear what's reached you. It's inter- So I, ha- I haven't watched it, even though I guess theoretically I could have watched it like live on actual television, which I got hooked up this week in time for the World Cup. I have the, the real United Kingdom channels, which is hard to do with an American TV. I'm a genius. Um, anyway, the 
I know one of the most damning things that I know about it, one of the things that sticks out in my memory of this the most is that Ronaldo contacted Piers Morgan. And like, so first of all, anytime any story starts with protagonist contacts Piers Morgan, like that's already like several sins in a row right there. But wait, you think Ronaldo's a protagonist? (laughs) Oh, I think he thinks he's a main character for sure. That has been that is one of the, the other things that is evident from this. I mean, the thing that makes me like weirdly sad about this, like I always kind of feel like Ronaldo cucked United in the sense that like even the first time around, like obviously he went from being this like promising young player to being a good young player. And then he sort of fucked off just before he became like no, one after, of the greatest. He, he fucked off. The season after, basically, he scored, was it like 40-something goals from right winger, from right midfield? And that that was like, that set the midfield scoring record, I think, in the Premier League. And then he was like... Well, even... All right, so, I mean, okay, so I'm not technically right, but I feel like the... Uh... I feel like yeah, we invested in him and he screwed off. You know what like, I mean? It's like he has time to collect. Right. It's like just when he becomes a supermodel is when he decides to date like your worst enemy. Well, not that Real Madrid is your worst enemy, but whatever. He goes away. And They're annoying. He, he, he dates someone else that's annoying. He dates Pete Davidson. You know what I mean? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I feel so much dirtier now that you've put it that Probably way. Davidson into the... Although I actually love Pete Davidson. I don't know why I was dissing him. Anyway, um... So he he Ugh. I've always kind of felt like like you guys were like not critical enough of him for doing that to you. But like I was like a little bit like happy for you and your relationship to one of like the great superstars of the game. I mean, there's if if you are in the UK, then there are five people in the debate for best football player of all time. And now two of them are United Legends, Ronaldo and George Best. If you're out of the UK, then George Best is not a part of the conversation. But if I you're in the I... UK but I, but as a United diehard, I know full well about how excellent Best was and how he maybe peaked a little or too early because of his lifestyle. But like, I don't think he's on Messi and Ronaldo's level. And after the past season, I don't think that Ronaldo's on Messi's level, which I know might sound spiteful. But Messi's kind of gotten good again, and Ronaldo feels like he is past yeah. his expiration date, which I think is a lot of why this interview happened in the first place is Ronaldo's past his expiration date and he's in denial. Feels like not a, not a hot take. Yeah. But it's pretty clear he just like only cares about himself. And well, because that's what I was getting to. It long story long is like uh, clearly he doesn't give a shit about this relationship to one of the clubs in football, you know, Manchester United. That up in he, like he could have had theoretically a statue outside of the state stadium if he had played his cards even slightly different than this in his life and now if anything he's going to be a goat forever there which is like it's crazy not, not that the goat <laughs> yeah no a goat he went from the goat to a goat there you know what i mean and it's like he it's weird to me that that means nothing to him you know what i mean he's a well he is in some aspects a total sociopath like he's the absolutely is it, is it patrick bateman is that american psycho yes Patrick That's Bateman. he's yeah. he's he's like Christian Bale, I believe. No. Christian Bateman. Uh, <laughs> he's but he's he's and everyone keeps making excuses for him, like oh, but you know he's so he's so self possessed. But that's how you score, you know, seven hundred whatever goals. It's like great. He's a dick who scored seven hundred goals. Like I, I, 
it's hard to like him. It's very hard to like him. I mean, when yeah. when when he returned, our first episode was called Ronaldo or some shit like that. And I was trying to quite I don't know if this is how it comes across in the podcast, but at that time I was trying to talk myself into being excited. Yeah. Uh, Were like you? Because we ended up talking about old allegations about him, but no. But meaning, like subconsciously, I was trying to be like, he'll score goals. It'll be okay. It'll be good for the footballing side of it as much as right. for the social justice side of it. It's terrible. Oh, but like, I see, I that's see. where the talking myself into it was. If he didn't have those allegations, it would have been a great reunion. Sure. Uh, but like, I don't know, man. In a, in a way, he he has entered the you die a hero or live long enough to be a villain, which might be a roundabout way of saying what you were just saying. Like he, he, if he had retired. Yeah. Like after the last season, probably, probably to some extent he gets that, uh, adulation that yeah. you're talking about. But no, I think would have always kind of been unfair from United. Cause it basically like, okay, you skipped the prime of your career with us. We got, but like, I think he would have still had that. It's interesting, you know, the other one that I hadn't thought to compare him to, because he's it's so easy to make the messy comparisons with him. But the Arsenal-based comparison would be Thierry Henry, who obviously Thierry Henry is not in the conversation for best football player ever, but he's in that very next tier of sort of like 1B of like, these are like all-time, all-time greats, you know, like. In their day, they were world class for years and years and years. Like it's a crime that he doesn't have a Belanda or blah blah blah. Like, but he is—he was a guy that came back at about the same age and said, like, just use me like off the bench. Like I just want to score a few goals. Like I want to teach some of these younger guys some things. And like as a result, he he very much solidified his legendary status at Arsenal. And there is a statue of him outside the stadium. And. He, he will be a hero to millions until the day he dies as a result of that. You know, well, that's because that's the attitude you're supposed to have when you're past it is like, how can I help at this point? I know I can't be your two matches a week, two goals a week striker. Right. But like, how can I help? Uh, Ronaldo, that's not Ronaldo. <laughs> no. He tries to is... apply it. He tries to be like pat some little kids' heads at training, but like, or smack a phone out of their hands at a, at a match. Uh, but like, he, 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 there's not enough time in the day for anyone but Ronaldo. No, I mean, and it, it like it, it goes back to when he left the game in the 87th minute. Which game was that? That wasn't the game that we were at, was it? It's actually happened twice this season, so I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Anyway, I didn't realize that. Um. Anyway, when he did that, I remember afterwards. Like ten, it's like that old Carlin thing of like never believe something until it's officially been denied. And when Ten Hag was like, "No, no, he's super important to my plans. I totally want to keep him here forever." And it would take a lot of money to convince me otherwise. Clubs that are listening, you know. And he and he did that thing. And, and I don't know. I just to me, this is such a weird. Like I think Ronaldo saw that and said, "Okay, they're not gonna just let me go." and do whatever I want. And so yeah, he's I, forcing he, his way out. He's forcing, he's like, this is very much a, like, I'm going to call my buddy peers and we're going to like, I'm going to force my way out and I'm going to, and I'm going to do it in buddy, a way where you're going to get nothing. But Piers you know is I mean? a piece of shit. <laughs> like yeah, everyone, exactly. everyone knows he's a piece of shit. So like he even chose like the, the Trumpiest journalist to go with. Like he, he chose someone who is going to 
pour gasoline on this fire because he, I honestly think Piers Morgan thinks, I'm sticking it to United. When really, when really he's probably forcing the Glazers into, yeah, into improving our team and and team chemistry. Um, But like what, do you, did you hear like some of the specific claims or or allegations in Ronaldo's interview, like what he says or suggests? I know that he. I remember he had said something about how like I don't like the other the younger players need to come to me for guidance. I won't go to them. And I know he said something along the lines of like, um, you know, I just try to set an example for them, which is hilarious when you're like having like stomping off the field multiple times, having tantrums. Like, oh, great example. Um, Stuff then, a player gets punished for. Yeah, exactly. And then I think the other one that really stuck out where it, it seemed the most sort of like PR crafted was something about like, he didn't care about my sick daughter or something along those lines. They said, they I, actually said United didn't even believe there was something wrong with his daughter, but I don't think they would do that to Ronaldo from a, we don't want to piss off our prize hen. I mean, look, I don't know what anyone at United thinks, but it would make no sense for them to think that because here's a player that you apparently don't even want on the pitch and you're not going to give him bereavement leave. You know, like, why would that be a good idea for you? Like, this seems like such a win-win of like, yeah, yeah, be classy, go home, well, take no, as much time that, as you need. We don't want you to play. That wasn't the, the allegation wasn't that they denied him bereavement leave. It was when his daughter was sick, he says... And he doesn't even say specifically who. He just says the club didn't believe that she was really sick and then she died, which was is a horrific, like, so wait, catastrophic. So back around, like, is this a few years back, like when he was first at United? No, like, sorry, the daughter being sick thing, it was a newborn daughter who who passed away. Did, and that happened recently? I thought that was like that happened. Ago. That happened end of last season. Oh, geez, it feels like a long time ago in my mind. Okay, I'm done. It happened this calendar year okay. uh so like let's let's call it what six six months ago april uh it was like april or something because he came back right away and scored some goals but like i think that was his choice to come back i don't think anyone was holding a gun to his head i'm just trying to set yeah. the record straight on that um he's saying that when it initially before she died he was like my daughter's sick and he's claiming that that People didn't believe him. I think I honestly don't believe him. I don't believe anything he said because the rest of what he says is the manager betrayed me. I don't respect him. He doesn't respect me. The manager has continued to play him after him acting like a little brat. He made him captain after he stormed off after their like come to Jesus moment. I feel like he's been treated better than he deserves. If if anything, to to the point where I think it's kind of the only like big big picture misstep that Ten Hag has had for me. Whereas like almost the exact same thing happened to Arsenal recently where like an aging star is throwing tantrums and being a problem off the field. And Arteta made the, had the balls to say, you know what? Like Obama Yang, see ya, you know what I mean? And obviously like Obama Yang is also not in the same class as Ronaldo in the all time greats, but like, it's just, it's an analogous situation to me where he could have really like put his foot down and been like, rules are rules. This is the club culture. This is what it takes. Uh, can I fully disagree with you? Because he did do that. And I think that your choices are to banish him forever or to to set the example and then give someone another chance to, to show that they'll do what you're 
what you're asking for. And then if Ronaldo gets punished, comes back tail between his legs and plays Ten Hag ball and does it his way, then that's a huge win for the team because we don't have any of the strikers that are that are fit. Mm. So, like, in, in his mind, you got to do that. Like, so when you've got a little Garnacho acting like a brat, which he apparently was earlier in the year, you know, they understand that the rules apply to everyone. I think that he played it about as well as he could play it. The one X factor is Ronaldo not, yeah, you know, uh, falling in line because he's Ronaldo. But now I feel like he'll be he'll just be gone. Like, there's no way he's coming back to play more matches for United at this point. After shitting on it, he he shot on the facilities, like the jacuzzi tub. He ripped on the cafeteria, like the people who prepare the food for the players. He shot Wayne on Wayne Rooney, who's famously not employed by Manchester yeah. United right now. Wayne Rooney, who, no, because Wayne Rooney came out in the press when they asked him about it. And he was like, yeah, Ronaldo's done some things this year that you can't be doing. Like it's un- unprofessional behavior. Yeah, and like Rooney famously wanted to leave to go to City or Chelsea or maybe both at different points of the time, but he never threw his toys out of the pram, so to speak. He never went and did an interview with Piers Morgan to try and throw his employer under the bus and his teammates under the bus and his coach under the bus and the tea ladies under the bus. Like uh, when he when he when he shot, fired a shot back at Rooney, he made fun of how Rooney looks. Like, he's basically like, I'm still handsome, but Rooney, not so much. Like, what are you, 11? Like, yeah. fucking asshole. It's true, though. Rainey, Rooney is not age well. So, uh, I guess this is the the, the end, the, the other bookend to our first podcast episode about Ronaldo is this one. So maybe we should just end the podcast forever. Bye. No. Um, <laughs> I think my one other question that comes out of this is, who would have Ronaldo at this point? Is it that's is it down to MLS? No. So if if his contract is torn up and he's essentially free to negotiate a new contract with someone else, I think he could get some. I don't want to say like it's not like Russian Champions League team because I don't think Russia are presently in the Champions League. That's a good question. I'm not sure, but like something like that where they're like uh you know, basically the teams that were in United's Europa League group uh, this season, if if the whatever the worst ranked Champions League team is, if he gives them a sweetheart of a deal where it's like they're just paying for goals, basically, may, maybe that serves both parties' interests. Like he can go just worry about scoring goals, and they can think we're not paying for anything except wins. Uh, maybe maybe that would happen. Otherwise. You're right, but I don't know if MLS is the place for him because I feel like America might be a hostile country to him because of his past behavior. I don't. I, I you you might have protests outside the stadium. I feel like America cares slightly more about this stuff mm. than they the do in the UK. By, yeah, by you know, and you which know. wasn't was that was he in America when the allegations came out? Las Vegas. That's why he avoided yeah. America on tour for so long. Hmm. Or it's in theory why he might have avoided America on Dude, tour for what, so long. What a crazy downward arc that would be if he forces his way out of United, finds out no one wants him, ends up coming to have to play, you know, for like Real Salt Lake. And then on the way there, like he, as soon as he arrives off the plane and the cameras are running live, he gets arrested for a sexual assault from 10 years ago. 
That would be a funny image. I don't think he would go to Real Salt Lake. I feel like if Ronaldo comes to MLS, the the king gets to pick his team, even if there's a an, a discovery rights allocation order. I uh, I think Beckham got to pick his team. Yeah, uh, I I think it would be the same. Although, I mean, it's an interesting one though because if he, I don't know. I, I, to be fair, I just said that one because it sounds the most depressing. Because Real Salt Lake is such a dumb name, but like, I do. I I'm not sure he would fit in. I mean, I, I don't watch MLS that much, but it seems like a lot of the good MLS teams are like functioning squads that play total football and like demand a lot out of players who sometimes don't have as a lot of talent. Whereas he wants to do the opposite, like somewhere where you can have a lot of talent and like kind of chill. And I just don't know if that's going to fit in very like somebody's going to want to make money on him, but I gotta say, not that they do this, but LAFC, the, the MLS team that I've gotten to go to a lot of local matches for, uh, every time I've gone, they generate chance after chance after chance, and their forwards don't put it away. Mm. That would be interesting. I think he cool will try to, to go too, because he can only go to like what New York, Las Vegas, or LA, right? Like, there's only like a few places worthy of him. Inter, there, maybe Inter there, Miami. Well, he definitely wouldn't go back to Las Vegas. I feel like that yeah. would be very clearly returning to the scene of a crime. Um, but yeah, maybe Inter Miami, where Phil Neville still manages um i think he'll go to somewhere in europe even if it's portugal even if it's you know cyprus or yeah. any any sort of sporting would be interesting to go back to his roots i i, I think it could be burn another like bridge <laughs> i would lo- i think it would be hilarious if he just went to chelsea if todd bowley was like i can get ronaldo i know him he's good at football soccer ball um and then he went to chelsea and then their season continued to implode i think that would be great if we gave them our std um yes so brent brentford they might be in this in the striker market did you see that ivan tony what about ivan tony we i I think you saw this as of yesterday we want to buy him but i think he'll cost too much well his value just went down significantly because apparently he bet on 232 uh premier league games um, Ivan Tony did? Yeah. And so this is pretty bad, but I just saw on uh, Twitter somebody posted a screenshot of his Wikipedia and his name yeah. is like Ivan Benjamin Ebenezer Tony. And they're like, let me get this straight. His initials are I bet. <laughs> is that true? Uh it's on Twitter, so it must be. Um Twitter. Wait, there's no there's no issues with verification on Twitter. So Not you're right. a one. Not a one. No. Um, but yeah, and he it's interesting. I hadn't that had not been on my radar at all, but I looked at his Twitter feed right after that. And on November 5th, he said something about how like I'm cooperating with an FA investigation, but my dream has always been to play in the World Cup. And I was like slightly surprised not to see him. I mean, England has a lot of like big name players, but He's like if you look he's at the like ones for like who are scoring. Kane. Yeah, he's a like for like replacement for Kane if Kane got hurt or needs a sub. Yeah, I mean, I think there are very few teams that he couldn't get into internationally right now, and I was surprised that he didn't get like a bigger look. But maybe it's because they saw the writing on the wall with this. Right. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that controversy plays out because now we're going to go take a month off and wave flags. 
But wait, if you're if 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 you are sincerely suggesting that Ronaldo could end up at Brentford, let's let's pour water on that fire. They wouldn't be able to pay him anything near what he would demand, and they're not in Europe, which I think is, is still the That's only thing, thing he cares about is adding to his Champions League goal total. Like I bet he'd play for free if it meant he got to score three more Champions League goals, because all he cares about is not letting Messi overtake him. Hmm. Messi. He is such a perfect foil to Ronaldo because, I mean, I don't know what he's like as a guy in the dressing room, but Messi, his personality on the field is very like, no, you have it. No, you have it. Okay, I'll have it back. Score. You know what I mean? He's just such a team player and he's such a great passer and mover without the ball. And he just does so many things that make the people around him look better. I think it's the reason why, I mean, he's two years younger than Ronaldo, but I think it's the reason why he'll play five years more, whereas Ronaldo might be done in two years, you know? Yeah, I wanted to ask you this. What age do you actually think he will choose to hang up his boots? Because what I know about him, if you took foot the football part out of his life, he would be lost. I bet, you, I bet you he plays until his knees explode. I think that like he's going to quickly run out of places to play, though. Like I don't think any serious teams would have him anymore. And then I think his ego would be too big to be playing for, like, you know... We said they're probably out of it, but like the Zenit St. Petersburg's and like the Red Star Belgrades of the world. I just don't think he could do that. Oh, but I would love to see him go there. I would love to be like, oh, this is who you're with now. Mm, she's nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys meet? Mm. Um, yeah, that's funny. Were you were you at some sort of uh, uh, body shaming workshop together? Or? <laughs> yeah. All right, can we jump to the next uh, topic? Let's do it. Pika Pika. Journalists visit Qatar <laughs> and shocked Pikachu meme. So did you see this video, Jeff, of the Danish journalists that I were trying did. to film? They All right, so this is going to be our most Danish story of the day. Most Danish story of the day. Uh, let's, let's, let's clip that. Let's clip that. Uh, <laughs> Great Danes. So a Danish news crew... Uh, shows up in Qatar with all of the necessary permits and badges that have been upgraded to, like, Mastodon tier. We can film wherever we want. And then they're just filming against some innocuous backdrop. Um, and these, like, Qatar golf carts <laughs> roll up with these, these dudes who are, like, in full... I don't want to say the wrong word, but, like, you know, they've got, like, the white... Uh, headdress situation and they just start like grabbing the cameras of the camera crew and we see this this journalist being like trying to explain like no i have all of the everything we can film wherever the hell we want and the guy's just like i'm going to break your camera like he's saying i'm going to break your camera and he's like why did you invite all of us yeah. here for a world cup if we can't like yeah tell people about it like what was the point of this and this like seventh string peon did not know the answer to that or want no. to and then he just like breaks the camera and it's like i think what's so funny is qatar will have spent like what is it billions on this or just hundreds of millions on this i, th I thought it was somewhere between hundreds of millions and billions on this it's just be billions by now right so he spent billions to sports wash to get the rest of the world to be like we know Qatar does some stupid, kooky shit, but we still like that little bugger. Like, 
Yeah. That's that's the intent is to spend all that money to gain acceptance, to be able to do more business deals, to grow and influence. Instead, this is the football equivalent of Russia invading Ukraine with their old broken army of misfit toys and it collapsing in front of them. Like it's it's been such a terrible PR campaign for Qatar. Yeah. Like, I'm never fucking going to that place. Are you kidding me? This place can suck my ass. I don't yeah. give a shit. Like to see to see people who have every right to be there have every right to take a picture in front of something get like jailed. Sorry, your country is a monstrosity. It gets back to sort of this, my central thesis about sports washing is it just never works because it just draws attention to things that like I would have, I would have really not been thinking about Qatar at all this month had it not been for the world cup being there. And then now it's like, it's, it's so much worse already than I thought it would be. Like, I mean, you touched on a couple things that I found interesting in that video. One of those things is the your description of seemingly innocuous background. You know, like, I could see this response of coming in, grabbing the camera. Yeah, yeah if, or maybe, or like, you know, I was thinking more like, if they pulled back a curtain and we see the largest child sweatshop in human history there, and it's just it's the most depressing sight that anyone in the world has ever seen. And if that went viral, you know, it would ruin Qatar forever. Then I'd kind of understand their reaction. But like he literally seemed to just be like at a seemingly random street corner or whatever. Like, hi, I'm in Qatar. And they're like, oh, no, you're not, buddy. <laughs> it was like I was going to say it was like he was filming outside of a boys and girls club. But there it would just be a boys and boys club. <laughs> yeah, a boys and boys club. It probably would. Um that's remember, remember, Jeff, we did, we together coined the phrase catarded and we'll be using it to describe every <laughs> no. incident. Did we? Um, I remember it being a, a, a give and take situation, a little uh, mm. Opie and Anthony. <laughs> I don't think so. But, you know, it, it, the other f thing that I found interesting about it that you sort of alluded to in your impersonation of the Danish journalist is... As soon as he goes from doing a puff piece that literally no one in the world, including Denmark, would have watched about like, hi, I'm at the World Cup and it's happening. It's like, 84 degrees out. And, and he was speaking, he was speaking speaking all in Danish at the time. And then as soon as he's getting, you know, like assaulted for no reason, he um, instinctually switches to English of like, well, this is an international story now. So let's switch to the lingua franca of the world. And I thought that was like such a like well-played little moment of him. Cause I kind of thought like, as you're watching, I'm like, Oh, okay. He's going to get assaulted now, but we're going to have to try to like piece together what's being said in like different languages that I don't speak from Qatar and Denmark. And it turned out, no, like he was going to just like narrate the whole thing for us in perfect English. And it was, but if it would be hilarious if it wasn't real, you know, it was so, so dumb. Yeah. If that, the dumbness is the surprising part because you feel like, this criminal enterprise that's that is happening with this world cup with the previous world cup you figure there'd be more thought behind uh spending all that money you think they want to get money back or they want to get something back for it it feels like very trumpy and that yeah. it's just like a bunch of money that they've dumped gasoline on and lit on fire and so it's like what's your win what's your best case scenario now right yeah, it I mean, should be it, canceling the World Cup would be their best case scenario. Like, it feels like they should have taken the fake presentation that they made about how awesome of a country they are and shown it to anyone. 
You know what I mean? Like everyone involved in it should have been like, all right, this is the image we're trying to project. So like when you would normally beat up a journalist, maybe don't now. And like, yeah. but they just didn't do that. It's, it's, it's wild. You think the security police, whatever those guys in the golf cart were, would have gotten the order to be like, all right, would it just, you know, we'll go back to being like fascist, like in like <laughs> yeah. a month. But for now, just like tolerate, tolerance, just tolerate it. Yeah. Uh, like, like it's imagine they should have had to, to put a coexist world. bumper sticker on the back of the uh, the golf cart. There'd be some missing letters. Uh, <laughs> I, but it's like Disney World, where like in in Disney World, everything's about the image, right? A kid pukes, somebody rolls up to clean it up. Uh, like somebody dies, you get rid of the body. Like I thought it would be more that approach to like yes. projecting a projecting a clean like outdoor Santa Monica Mall kind of vibe. Right. And it, like, if anything, it would have been creepy in that the facade was so believable, you know, on some level. Mm -hmm. But it's been the opposite. <laughs> it's funny when you think that the journalists that we just talked about maybe received a more hostile greeting than like a journalist visiting North Korea. They would at least let you take pictures of like the, the facades in North Korea. <laughs> Whereas yeah. now it's like, it's crazy just don't even have like a camera. Goal. It's like, can we be as accepting as Kim Jong-un for a month? Like, it, and it's not possible for them. But like, you're very much right where it's like, they have minders. Like, even they have people who have like Western media training that'll be like, oh, yes, right this way. Look at this amazing stadium no one's ever played in or whatever it is. Like, look at this impressive grocery store no one's ever eaten in right. or, or bought food from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, uh, we're at forty-five minutes. We gotta, we gotta make up some ground. Are you ready for USMNT hype train? US Ninja Turtles, US Mutant. No, um, that would be a fun show where the turtles are just suddenly like very nationalist. <laughs> make the sewers great again. I thought you were gonna go the other way, where we have like a '90s animation of all like it's like Tim Weah and everybody like living in a sewer with Master Shredder and learning soccer? Well, uh, was Master Splinter, uh, because True. they'd be like, oh, the yes. problem with, hanging out with Shredder. The problem with America is this Shredder, uh, who comes from Japan, I might add, uh, like, <laughs> like that's, that's the nationalist Ninja Turtles. Oh, man, maybe Ninja Turtles were more nationalist than we, because you remember how worried everyone was about Japan in the 90s? They were very worried. And... and Wait, in the 90s, people were worried about Japan? Say what? Like, like in the 80s and 90s, people talked about Japan like in almost the exact same way people talk about China now, where it was like, it's this giant growing economy in the East that one day all our kids are going to have to speak Japanese and work for them. And like like Trump has almost like verbatim quotes saying about Japan back then as what he said about China like later. China. I, ne I, never, I never heard that. Um, I would have thought that would have been more of a post-World War II thing from the, the Well, there was that racism, too. No, there's a whole bunch of different ones. There's like a seven-layer racism to... Uh, Wait, is that racist? To say <laughs> to make... <laughs> Sorry, that's appropriating. It's like a lasagna... Nope, that's also appropriating. Um, it's like a casserole. We can be racist against the French, right? We, yeah, of course. Of course, of course. It's not racist. It's just realistic. Um, <laughs> all right, USMNT... Our first match is, I want to say, is it Monday of next yes, week? I have the calendar. Wales. I have the calendar on my calendar. 
So that's, um, that's like a decent hour for you, right? That's like 10 a.m. or something? No, all of the U.S. matches are at a decent hour. They're all at 11 a.m. Uh, West Coast, so 2 p.m. East Coast. and 7 then the, p.m. my time. The, the, yeah, the, yeah, so like the, the Welsh and the English get to see it in prime time, and we get to see it at lunchtime. I feel like that that's was pretty, intentional. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be watching those matches. Kudos, um, Guitar, on that one thing. Uh, you know, can I can I update you on my vibe check from the last pod we did about this? Yes. I'm feeling slightly more anxious about Iran. Mm, yeah, Iran. Iran's so far away. Yeah. Um, I listened to a single podcast <laughs> where mm. a journalist who, uh, I think he's an Iranian national who covers Iran, uh, Talked about how, you know, they I, last time we talked, I think we mentioned they dismissed their manager like a month or two ago. Mm. Um, I didn't, I don't think I realized at that moment they rehired Carlos Kiraj, uh, formerly Fergie's right hand man, mm. who is the, the manager who he didn't really ever do much uh, club wise uh, after being United assistant manager, but internationally he's managed a couple of smaller countries and brought them up a few steps like he's very organized he does tons of preparation i'm nervous he will just be perfect manager to make them difficult to play against mm, he's very so pragmatic my, which would mean that my like real only hope for a guaranteed three points like everything else is a crapshoot but like i was hoping we would naturally beat iran in that group yeah i'm starting to think it's 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 not that easy Not like guaranteed. i feel like every every one of these matches is going to be a battle and that makes me even though i think 538 just said england 80 percent chance to move on uh united states 53 percent chance. chance and then wales and iran were uh down in the 30s but he actually they actually had iran a few notches above wales wales was 32 and iran was 34 oh, wow. but like Five three eight's not gotten a lot of things right lately in the last few years. <laughs> yeah, fill me in. Are they good? I haven't followed politics for exactly five years. They're bad yeah. at elections, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, man. I'm I'm just gonna just watch and just be like, okay, you're getting to watch the world. Like I'm just trying to yeah. have my expectations be. You're watching the World Cup. You will get to watch a lot of football, which is a positive. Usually a positive. Uh, when there's a, a death toll and oppression associated with it sure but like yeah i'm like that's how i'm feeling so where is help me help me make this hype train again <laughs> yeah choo choo man you really hyped me up there but... choo, 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 choo. <laughs> i think i can't i think i can't i think i can't um <laughs> that is that is very that's how i live so <laughs> good job where, where are you at what are you thinking you know I for me, I'm I'm like I always want to be more into the US men's national team than I am. And it just for whatever reason, a lot of the players, even the ones that play on reasonably big teams, are just not the teams that I watch because I'm not watching in France and Germany and I'm not watching the MLS and whatnot. But I'm excited to like get to see my guys on television here. I'm excited to see it. Like I I really don't know what I could see us winning or losing every single game in our group. You know what I mean? Like there's a version of England that has been sucking lately. And if we came out and played our A plus game, we could beat them. 
there's a version of Wales where you realize it's like one guy is, you know, a former hundred million dollar signing of Real Madrid. Another guy is like, maybe is going to go to a coal mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's such ups and downs there. Um, And then Iran, that's an interesting one that you bring up because I did sort of think, well, that's the one that we like should be head and shoulders above. But I think there's something to be said, especially at the international level. Like if you're organized and willing to sit back, anything can happen, you know, and things tend to go a little slower. They tend to be a little more defensive and, you know, heartbreakingly at times, I feel like a lot of international football, it comes down to like who's making a mistake, who slips on a banana peel. And so hopefully it's not us. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited to watch it. And like, I mean, I'm excited to continue watching it past the point where we're in it, which I think will be probably, you know, if we have a good, like I would be, would you be content with making it to the knockout stage? Would that be a good world cup for you? I wouldn't cry about it. I feel like that's almost in my mind for this, for this national team that should kind of be table stakes where like, if you do that, you're not a failure, but it's not 2002. You know, it's not like, Oh my God, I believe like that. that, And also I really hope that chant is over. I feel like we've grown out of it or I've grown out of the, I believe chant. Oh, I don't know. I feel like Ted Lasso may have revived it a little bit. Like if somebody has a well-placed Ted Lasso side, don't like, you put that on Ted Lasso, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> like everybody's just like, imagine all the American fans just tapping the sign in the crowd and going, ah, I believe it. it just says, we believe that'd be amazing. Uh, yeah. But it's also like, when you think about it, like bigger countries doing that chant is like, good job, Brazil. You believe you can win. Oh, like it, it sounds it like is, someone, yeah. who's, someone who's just arrived at this scene. He's lying. Right? who literally doesn't think that they could win, but wants to. <laughs> it's like, we believe, we believe that we are here. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. So you're feeling, well, give it a grade. I'm feeling like a C. Are you feeling like a B? I'm feeling like really pumped for the tournament, but I, you know what I mean? Like there's a version of this where we finish last in our group. And, but I'm so pumped for the whole tournament that I don't even know how much that would rain on my parade. Like it would suck, but I would also just move on and be like, Ooh, France playing Belgium. You know what I mean? Like, like that's neat. That's what happens when you're a traitor to your nation and you've <laughs> lived elsewhere. As long as you've lived here, you've fucking been I'm in an ex-patriot, a former Patriots in the name, dude. So is Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> all right. Shall we go to insane predictions? FC these, mm. uh, show, uh, these like bit tags aren't pre premeditated. They're just me oh, yelling. Good. These are just right. random words. <laughs> insane predictions. FC clip FC. that clip that. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So Jeff, this is where we're just going to predict not even just like United States will beat Wales, like insane predictions. So like things that you think are like outliers or you're you're making a stand and you're you're like, all right, I'll lead off with an example and then you go. Um, mm. I think that there will be a streaker and that streaker will get put in jail for life. Ooh, that's a good prediction. Because there's always a streaker. Even though this is the worst possible place to bust out your nut. 
But that's the uh, tough one where I'm like, is that even an insane prediction here? Like, this is a prediction where, like... The jail is half, like, the permanent yeah. prison, like, where someone's life is over because they thought it would be a great idea to streak in a Qatar World Cup venue. I feel like that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy, and I think it will happen. Cool. I guess it's crazy in that sense. I mean, is it crazy to go and attend the Qatari World Cup if you're not heterosexual? Because I really, I don't think it's very crazy to predict that someone is going to get in trouble for being gay. Oh, they already have. Depressing. They already have. Well, you are that prediction's already come true in the last two weeks because people oh, a World Cup early, fan. Yeah, people have shown what? up early. Have already been like detained. Story. Yeah, it's like it's a fucking shithole. Like I am busting out all my F's and my C's and my S's and my wow, dude, that's MFs. so depressing. <laughs> it is. It is so depressing. They, if you, if that's what the condition of your country is regarding like human rights values, mm. you don't deserve to host the world game. Like it's it that should be the the first standard is is the world welcome at the world's game? And if the answer is no, then you don't get to have it. This might exist somewhere. If it doesn't, I hope that it does soon. I would love to read the long form piece on sort of where FIFA is now because. I seem to vaguely Where are remember, they now? <laughs> vaguely remember like a year or two ago, there being arrests and process serving and all sorts of people were sort of like the set bladders and the platinis of the world were getting their comeuppance a bit. But like, has that helped at all? You know what I mean? Like, are, are we, is this world fuck up? Like, is this going to not? be happening again or is fifa just is, have we just sort of changed over to like the next drug lord or like the they are the next corrupt jerk in line who's going to run fifa like where what is the status of that because i hope you, that this is a cautionary tale and we never have to talk about this at a world cup again do you notice that in other avenues when someone does like illegal business and goes to jail for it the business deal that they went to jail for doesn't get to go through afterwards <laughs> yeah, they bust, like, well, they he bust. already sold him the cocaine. Yeah, like, like it's his coke <laughs> yeah. now. Like it feels like it's the Seinfeld uh, <laughs> bit. Like it's his coke. Yeah, <laughs> the world loves coke. You gonna take it away, Jerry? It's Mardi Gras. Like I can't go with a coke diet. I hate diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That's is that a, uh, Seinfeld? Pretty... Like, is that an okay Seinfeld? Like yours is better than mine for sure. I'll give you that. I thought I thought yours was pretty solid. I'm going to pleasure myself to you saying that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to pleasure himself. No. Um, so, uh, all right. So I think, I just think that when it was before the Russia World Cup took place that this happened, you could argue, all right, it is too late to take World Cup away from Russia. We must go through with the Russian World Cup. But uh, Qatar, like Qatar was yeah. four and a half years off like you could have re-awarded it to honestly the united kingdom had the infrastructure already their bid was there they were yeah. meant to have won you could have easily just been like all right you caught us doing a bad thing so we'll do the right thing as part of our penance instead it was like mm. sorry we already said qatar out loud so what are we do you want say. all these thousands of stadium workers to have died in vain well no they hadn't died yet <laughs> this was when they, they were already working on it you think no 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 uh and and did you i know i sent it to you did you listen to the football ramp the football rambles uh inside qatar uh, I, reporting piece? I think i might because 
I was like expecting to be able to binge it. And I listened to the first episode and then I was like, oh, I should definitely check back when the next episode is ready. And I think that it's been over a week and I haven't checked back. Is there an episode two yet? I don't, I haven't heard episode two yet. Maybe they're saving it for like during the tournament. Um, That was was a particularly heartbreaking one. Like so many moments of it stand out on my mind, but like weirdly, maybe this is like my American capitalist bias, but like weirdly one of the things that like was strangely memorable for me was when uh, people were saying like, you know, they'd pay these recruitment costs to get this great job in Qatar. And then they would go and they would, um, you know, they would like work themselves to the bone, live in terrible conditions. But then because they were not paid what they were promised, they still hadn't covered the cost of their, you know, like the recruitment fee that they initially paid just to be, you know, like essentially human trafficked to this country. And I'm like, somehow that like broke my heart even more. You know what I mean? Like if, if it had just been a thing where people were being underpaid or if it had just been a thing where it was unsafe, but like somehow to have to go through all of that and then congratulations, you're saddled with like two grand of debt in a country where two grand is like an annual salary. Like it just kills me for some reason. I didn't understand that it was also just from the the reckless amount of subcontracting. So yeah. you got to build, I don't know, 12 stadiums, whatever insane amount it is in a country of a million people. Uh, you've got to do that fast. You need thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of workers. You've got to basically say, all right, you 60 groups go find those workers. And those 60 groups go find a bunch of people that are like, I can get you hundred guys. And like, so it's, it becomes this like pyramid scheme of who's yeah. finding the labor and four levels down. Those people are treating the workers like cattle and the, the the four layers up are like, just don't tell us how you yeah. got these people. Just get it done. So- and I even I even think you're being like maybe slightly too kind to them. Like you're saying like, oh, well, it was inevitable that no. subcontract. But it was like, it seems to me like they were very much like taking, you know, like making a criminal conspiracy to say like, hey, as long as we hire subcontractors, that's a loophole in all these labor laws. And then like, it's not on us. It's on the subcontractor. Don't you dare peg me as sympathetic to Qatari labor lords. <laughs> I, I mean, you I'm were saying, not being sympathetic to them, but I think you could have been even harsher, which is the crazy thing. Like, I think I think the point I'm trying to say is it's like you can't even make a demand and say, um, fuck, I just lost my point. The, 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 it, but it, it comes down to if you were subcontracting, one of your conditions of, of the contract that you sign with this other party it should be like the conditions like not only the budget but the conditions and it feels like in this nation conditions are an afterthought unless unless you are a visiting western worker which you've told me about uh in in your various uh visits around the world where you've lived like there are some places where there's like his and hers rules for like visiting white people or local natives or vestiges of colonialism are still very much intact in many places. Um, And I mean, literally it comes down to like people just look at you or they hear your accent and that determines a fair piece of like what your salary is, which is pretty messed up. Um, It's sorry. We're, we're in insane predictions FC, but here we are 
uh, meet the soccer. Yeah, talking I have about an insane human prediction that um, the post-colonial capitalist society that we're living in is going to ruin the earth in the next hundred years. No. Um, all right, I'll, I'll get this back to an insane prediction. I have one now, and it's even very football-centric and not depression Qatar-centric. Um, I think that Brazil is not the favorite to win this tournament. I think that they could even go out early, like early for them as in like a round of eight, because I don't think that any country that relies heavily on a guy named Fred to, <laughs> to, to like be this, the anchor of the midfield. Wow. I think that, I think that there are so many great players on the Brazilian team that people assume the team must be good but I think they are missing something called the base of a midfield. Casemiro? I okay. But I, I even even he, I think, has I don't know if you agree, you've watched more of him than I have now, but I, I think that I think that he is a guy that needs to be a part of a certain midfield cocktail. And whether oh, or not, you and your midfield cocktails, we're all, you're always on the midfield. Cocktail. I am. I am. I'm always having a midfield tipple. No, um, but I, I really do. I think that like, you know, you they have to play off each other in a certain way. So he's obviously I mean, I'm, he's a part of one of the best midfield triumvirates ever. But I'm not sure that Brazil has a midfield capable of linking their, you know, pretty damn good defense. And they're absolutely like. F1 Ferrari, you know, I don't watch F1, so I don't know if that's a good metaphor, but like they're elite, elite, elite forwards and attacking force. But I just wonder if there's some room in there for them to be attacked. And like maybe, you know, like it's almost like it's being covered like it's this foregone conclusion that they're going to win. And I don't think that that's the case. Like maybe they will. It totally wouldn't surprise me if they won, but it equally wouldn't surprise me if they finished like in the round of eight. I feel like that's a maybe not an insane prediction, but maybe I made it too high of a bar for the segment to say it's only got to be insane predictions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that Neymar is an alien. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. All right, we're back, and we're back. <laughs> um, <laughs> Neymar will remove his face mask and yeah. speak to us in his native tongue for the first time. And we uh, we will understand because of the chips they put in our brain. No. I this is kind of a downer insane prediction, but mm-hmm. I'm going to make I think a player will die on the pitch uh from conditions, from like warmth conditions. Wow. Is it that is it that warm now? Qatari Let's winter? See. Temperature Qatar right now. Speaking of how it is oh yeah around 91 to 93 degrees that's pretty damn hot um the english it's pretty damn hot it's pretty damn hot especially if you have a game in middle of the day it's pretty damn hot if you're in the middle of the season where like just i feel like all of these players are carrying like cumulative cumulative too many match effects Mm -hmm. from like recent Mm -hmm. three or four years like nobody gets a fucking break in football anymore you just run yeah. and run and run and run and play and play and play and play. And now it's like 70 matches a season, internationals included. Yeah. Like, COVID didn't help that. We played the Euro a year late. So it was yesterday, basically. When we come back. Where literally someone did die. <laughs> Fuck. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe this is a bad topic because all the insane predictions I want to make are, are upsetting. None of them are like, someone's going to score 20 goals in a game. The problem is that after a while, like we start talking through them and they sound less insane because you're like, oh no, well, backed up by data, it does seem like at least few players are going to die. <laughs> but I but it's don't insane think when you think about it. Yeah, it is. It is an insane prediction in that way. I think that was a good one. Although I don't think that it will happen. I think that it'll be. I think it'll be fine. Oh wow! So hot take from Skyler, cold take from Jeff. Cold take is they'll mostly survive. No. All right. Do we want to do want to do the last uh, segment, which you're gonna get to have some fun because yes. on our last episode you did the first ever MTS game. Do you remember what my score was? I feel like I got six or seven right. I can't remember. You, you got six out of seven. So I was like, that's pretty damn good. All right. So um, I'm going to give you a chance to get 10 points. Okay. I like 10 this. points. A little handicap for me. Or wait. Or no. How about this? You can, you can keep. All right. No, I'm thinking of these rules live. Three Doesn't strikes show. and you're three strikes and you're out. No browser. I, I'm trusting you'll have no browser tabs open. And we'll do no research. I'll do no research. So this game is That's called the one guarantee that I give you on this podcast. I will do no research of any kind. This game is called Jeff's Patriotism. Thank you. <laughs> all right jeff so, i like how you chose europe as the theme song <laughs> to, my, to my patriotism well it's final countdown give me a break you jabroni uh, all right so you, there are there are two lists for the united yeah. states uh national team historical records we are going to be talking about most appearances and top goal scorers okay you are going to guess names on each list. Okay. Uh, we'll do one at a time. And you are trying to guess top five. Top five. Appearances okay. and top five goal scorers. And actually, wait, maybe three strikes in your app. Is three strikes in your app two? Will that game go on too long? It might. I think yeah, I help feel me like it this. should be out of ten. How many can I get? And each one is a point. Okay, so but you have a like, chance to get 10 points. Right. So I'll have 10 answers. If I got a perfect score, I would get 10, but like I'm not going to. But yes. So do I got to use my fingers to say what guess it is? Uh yeah. Okay. All right. So let's start with let's start with appearances and let then let's do goal scorers, okay? So top 5 United States national team appearances, most caps. Okay. This is tough because I feel like, like most caps, especially, there were probably some guys just nicking a living back in the day when we were terrible and like it was relatively easy to get a call up. Whereas now I think it's like a much more competitive thing. Uh, I will start with someone who I don't think is terrible at all. Uh, I will say Tim Howard. Tim Howard is on the list, but not in the top five. Oh, what was he? He's number eight with 121 caps. Wow, 121, and you're not in the top five. Okay. Uh, Landon Donovan. 
Ding! So you got a point. He is number two. Landy Cakes has 157 caps for the national team over a 14-year career. Clint Dempsey. Ding! Number four. Clint. Uh, do I have to say ding? Clint Dempsey has 141 <laughs> uh, national team caps. So you're two for three. Okay. Um, it's probably too early for Pulisic, so I won't say that yet. Um... Oh, man. No, you know, you, you because you told me the amount of caps, I, I was about to guess Yedlin, but that is incorrect because he's got 75 caps. All right, um, so that's not a guess? That's not a guess. <laughs> I'm just talking through. I'm showing my work here to receive partial credit, hopefully. Um, let's see. What else? What else? What else? What else? I should have instituted a timer, but I didn't think about it. You should have. Um, Altador, no. Alexi Lalas. That is incorrect. Alexi Lalas does not make the top 10. No? Okay. See, he was one of those ones where I'm like, he could like secretly have like 170 from back in the day that I wouldn't know about. Okay. Ooh. One, one, one guess left. One guess. This is this is tough, which is why I'm enjoying it as a game. Ooh man, um, it's also hard to hold my hand like this for that long. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll try to enjoy that, Shadow and Proto wise. I need to. I'm gonna say Pulisic. Christian Pulisic is not in the top ten. So who you missed was not the number one, number three, and number five cap leaders. Number five defender. Former Metro star, great Jeff Agus. Okay, this is what I'm talking. Where like, I mean, I don't know how much of a great that really is, but like, you're talking about guys from the indoor soccer era that some no, of them like, he racked up. He played in MLS the entire time MLS existed, and he was in the 2002 World Cup, which uh, Korea Japan, which I'm assuming you watched some some of. Yes, yes. So he he was famous for having a ponytail. <laughs> Do you remember he had a ponytail and he gave up, I think, a pretty rough goal in that World Cup. Like he was responsible for uh, giving away a howler, if I, my memory serves me correctly, mm -hmm. which it often doesn't. Um, the third would be former coach's son, Michael Bradley. Ah, I should have thought of him. Lex Luthor. 151 caps uh, over wow, that's a... That's a lot for him. That's more than I expected, to be honest. He was kind of our midfield general for like two cycles, including the, the and he cycle. Should have probably had a third. Or, yeah, but yeah. he didn't play too good uh, mm -hmm. in that in that fateful match. And then finally, the number one national team most appearances for the United States, Kobe Jones, with a hundred and sixty-four. Wow. Uh, from nineteen ninety-two to two thousand four, so he played basically every national team match in that period of time. Wow. Okay. Uh, so Kobe Jones, you okay. might remember him. He had kind of like a cool, like Predator from the movie Predator haircut, like an Edgar <laughs> Davids dreadlock situation. Very beloved player. Uh, pissed off uh, Mexico multiple times. They hated mm -hmm. him. All right. So now we're switching over. So that was appearances, but now it's you're gonna have to shift. Yeah. Now you're shifting your 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 considerations. No no MLS defenders are gonna be appearing on this <laughs> list. So. So the top five 
uh, national team goal scorers. I'll even. And what do I have now? I have three. Or did three I, no, I have two. You have two out of five. Two out of five. I, I will great. even give you a hint by telling you the fifth place goal scorer had thirty national team goals in ninety-five caps. Interesting. Is that Dempsey? Are you? Is, are I'm you guessing Dempsey. Dempsey is the number one. Oh, he was number one. What am I thinking? No, no, he's no, number no. one, 57 goals and 141 caps. Uh, but if you extrapolate it out, that is a slightly better ratio than the person we're talk- that I was just talking about. But, of course, you can guess anybody. So you dink. Mm. You, you have three out of six right All now. Right. I guess I should two. go with the ones that I think are shorter bets first, even though I have I have a thought for who you could be referring to. Um, so the next one, I think, is Landon Donovan. You have uh, he's number two, right? Four out of seven. Yeah, they're tied for first with fifty-seven goals. Okay, I thought. Okay, I thought maybe Dempsey had passed him, but fair enough. Um, Now I'm gonna guess Pulisic. Christian Pulisic is number seven on the list, so outside of the top five with twenty-one goals. So you have now how many? I got two. Two guesses. Altidore. Number three on the list, Josie Altidore with forty-two national team goals. Not, he was the one that I was going to guess for number five. I didn't realize he would be that far up. He's number three? He's number three. So uh, wow. there's there's two names left on this list. You have one guess left. So uh, but you, but you have five points. You have five points. I got five points. So if I get both, then I could pass you. If I get what one, if... then I could tie you. Not that it's the same game at all, but these are numbers. Yeah, well, I gave you more chances to score and you didn't. Yeah, but so. I'm not as good as you are. This is like golf. Come on, uh, or you? Yeah, you got to spot me a few strokes, buddy. Um, stroke all, stroke away. <laughs> <laughs> all right, give me as many strokes as I need. Wish I hadn't said that. Um, hmm. Zardes. Jesse Zardes is not in the top ten list. Uh, <laughs> so. So you finished with five points today. Still a very no. I got one more. Point. I got one more. No, you don't. That was your last guess. No, I, you said I had two. No, I said you have there are two people left, and you have one more guess because you got one wrong already, and then you just got that one wrong. Oh, I thought I saw it. Okay, well, you don't. You don't. I was all right. Me. All right. We'll so go you, back to the tape. You we even just said you had a, you had a chance to tie me, and you didn't. I don't know if you know this, Skyler, but this is actually being recorded as a podcast, so we will be able to count again later. We it is being recorded the podcast. I have a suspicion A-A-R. I may have had seven points last time, but that's... <laughs> Ooh, we can go to the AAR for that as well, the audio assistant referee. <laughs> or the... the Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I was, was going to say something inappropriate. So the two uh, that you could have gotten there were number four, Eric Winalda with 34 okay. goals. And number five, Brian McBride, Chicago's own Brian McBride, Fulham, former Fulham star, uh, World Cup goal scorer, uh, Brian McBride. May he be, may he be happy. May all of his days be filled with uh, goals in local pickup games. Beautiful so, toast. So we hope, we hope that Christian Pulisic. Uh, the only person on this list that is going to be playing in this next World Cup. We hope he scores a few more and uh, possibly surpasses Bruce Murray and Joe Max Moore on the list to to to, to sidle up right behind Brian McBride. Uh, Christian does have a chance to to make his way up the list. Even it's kind of funny he's not a striker and he still has 21 goals already. I could see him getting 
up into Josie territory by the end of his career, even though he's a winger. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Altidore played on the wing quite a bit. No, Altidore is more of a just a big physical goon for us. I just vividly remember him in the last World Cup we played in, like coming up lame on the wing. Like that was maybe that could have been throwing another body on the field that you might be remembering. But also that was eight years ago. That was eight and a half years ago, Jeff. So how could you really even remember that shit? Impossible. Um, all right. So I think this has been a good ish podcast. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, dagger. Faint praise. Right, are we gonna are we gonna do any uh, mid World Cup casting? Do you think? I Maybe think so. after after the U.S. matches or I mean, after any. The World Cup goes on for like a month after this, so hopefully. <laughs> I don't want to see you ever again. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. it's it's been fun, bud. I'm squirming around in my seat because I need to pee. This has been go, a good podcast. Go, go pee. Just Bye. not. Don't do it in Qatar. Bye.